welcome to today's Create the Courage to be Fearless podcast. And I want to thank you for joining me. My name is Anita Matu and I am a mindset coach and a mentor. Every Tuesday, I'll be releasing a new podcast episode, which will either be a conversation with a courageous guest, a solo episode with me, or a masterclass full of insightful nuggets and wisdom. Each episode is designed to inspire you and help you discover and connect with that place of courage within you. So whether you're a first-time listener or you are one of my regular subscribers, I want to thank you for taking the time to join me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. if you are someone listening i just want to say that don't be afraid to get yourself out there because you never know who needs your voice and believe me when i say when you use that voice you're going to impact someone else's life a lot of people that i meet never read a book by a deaf person and it's very unfortunate i always wanted to write a book about my deaf experience because even my family themselves they never read a book by a deaf person today's guest is kalina powell a young entrepreneur who loves to help people with their personal growth and educate others about the deaf community Little do people know, Kalina is actually a hard of hearing person. She became deaf at the age of four. She recently graduated with a psychology degree and is now starting her own online coaching business while launching her book and is known as the Deaf Queen Boss, a.k.a. Kalina. (laughs) Welcome, Kalina. Hello. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited for this interview because, to be honest, I'm going to learn so much. I'm sorry to say I don't know enough about the deaf community, but this is going to be absolutely fantastic for anyone that is listening, as well as myself, to get educated in it. What is one of the most courageous things you have done? Um, The courageous thing i ever done was definitely putting myself out there, especially being a deaf person, because I did not expect myself to go this far um so yeah (laughs) that's excellent so tell me more about your journey because you became deaf at four years old and so you weren't born deaf so what happened in those four years so the four years were very challenging difficult um however i actually had an ear infection where there were an antibiotic for my eardrop which is the eardrop and my my doctor have a specific instruction. However, my mom followed the instruction towards the daycare what to do and the daycare unfortunately did not follow the instruction. Mm. That same day when they did not follow the instruction, I actually became deaf when I went home. Gosh. Yes. And I was watching T V and remember it was loud. I didn't realize it was loud until my mom tapped my shoulder and said, Clean, I've been calling you and I said, What do you mean? And so she said, and she said something, and I couldn't hear her. And I looked at my mom, and I said, Mom, I can't hear you. She's like, what? You're joking, right? And I looked at her. She called my grandma. My grandma was the nurse at the time, so she knew exactly what she had to do with me. And my grandma rushed from the hospital, did quick assessment with me at home. Really weird. And um, and then she called my family doctor, actually, right after the same day when I went home. And then my family doctor said, okay, come tomorrow. So I went to my 
family doctor the next day and my family doctor said I'm so sorry, there's nothing we can do, Kalina is deaf. Gosh, that is quite a journey and all because at the daycare centre they did not follow simple instructions. How terrible is that? I mean, I'm lost for words because if it wasn't for that situation, you wouldn't be in this situation. Exactly. So that really really is a courageous journey for you to put yourself out there like you said now what help did you get once you they realized the family realized you were deaf um so my family is very open and honest with accommodating me especially at family event uh because you know um had a deaf person it's very hard for a deaf person to have um conversation in group especially on dinner table so it can be very uh, challenging for me to pick up what everybody's saying. So my family was very aware that they have to take their time when talking on a dinner table, especially at gathering. And my family are very aware that they have to, you know, face me because I, ha- I am a lip reader. So I have to read your lip to understand what you're saying fully. Um, as well, having a very strong, and it's very important to have a very strong support family and um and actually learn about your hearing aid. I feel like the more and the better knowledge I have about my hearing aid, and especially my hearing, I'm better at advocating for myself. That's excellent, because that was my next question, and I think you've more or less answered it. How important is sign language and using facial expressions and body ex- language? Exactly. So tell me more about that. So I actually went to two schools when I was younger. I actually went to the deaf school. And a hearing school mm-hmm. in the afternoon. Oh. So it was very interesting in a way because I actually learned ASL um, when I was in the deaf school. But however, when I transferred over to the hearing school, I didn't continue learning ASL. It would just stop. And it's very unfortunate that I had to basically balance to community and learn how to advocate for myself, especially communicating, right? And I was very... It was okay, but, um, you know, going to the home school didn't really help me at all, which is unfortunate. And so the deaf school helped me a lot in terms of what I should be aware of, especially body language and lip reading and ASL. As you've just said, it's hard communicating with your friends and family, but they make you very welcome. Do you find that's always the case? Not always the case. It really depends on where we are. So, for example, it actually happened last weekend. I went to a big, um, it's like a street uh, party, and um, it's like a like a Spanish um, gathering or whatever. And it was so loud. It was super loud. I couldn't hear my friend. So they have to text me what they're saying so I can understand what they were trying to communicate with me with. But other than that, um, you know, they may do get a little frustration at times. You can tell. It really is frustrating sometimes when you're trying to hear someone, when you want to communicate, and you're like, oh, they're not getting it. So um, it's not always the case. It really depends mm-hmm. on where I am and who I'm with, um, especially, for example, if I'm working. Oh, God, because I work at the warehouse, so it's very loud. So sometimes I can't hear someone is talking, so someone has to literally particularly, like, tap my shoulder and be like, can't clean I'm calling I'm like oh I'm so sorry no <laughs> so that's how it goes and you talked about the special schools you've been to and the response you got so was that always the case did you get special help 
in your education and throughout your college because you've got a beautiful um, university degree as well. Um, I did get a lot of help in school. Um, however, when I was in high school, I did not get a lot of help. I had to um, prove my high school wrong. I had to, you know, work harder sometimes. I had a guidance counselor who didn't put my grades in for post-secondary oh. because she thought I was not capable of post-secondary. And it breaks my heart because I had a child. You know, you're, you're trying to get your goals going and achieving it. And she didn't do that until she made me actually stay back for an extra semester in high school to prove her wrong that I could do it. And luckily, I got attended to university. And the one I wanted to get into, I got accepted. And um, and I'm also, too, for those who don't know, you know, I am in school for psychology, which I graduated. And when I got to university, it was very okay. In the beginning, I was the first year, it was very difficult because I actually had a professor that failed me. And oh. it, I didn't let that affect me in terms of continuing my education. And therefore, he actually failed me because it was a music class. I did not know it was a listening music course. So because, okay. yeah, so because it was a listening course, the jam was listening. And I really looked at the outline and I brought it to him and I said, is there a way if you can accommodate me because I'm aware that during the exam, it's a hearing test. He said, um, we can accommodate you with, some, uh, with uh, uh, something without listening. That did not happen. I have to advocate for myself consistently by going to my disability counselor in university. She reached out to him. She said I would have to continue throughout the semester, which I would say, why would you make me continue throughout the semester if I could just switch out a different class? So he was yeah. very um, unprofessional, very disrespectful, mm -hmm. did not bother accommodating me at all. And it was very hard because he failed me. And so luckily, I, me, myself, and my district counselor complained to the head of the, the music department. And we went to the school department and said that we need to withdraw this course because this is not Selena's fault, because this professor was unprofessional. So that was one of my challenges in university. And actually, I actually met a deaf teacher. He was my math teacher. And it was very interesting because he actually paused the lecture to change his hearing battery. And I was like, wait, you deaf? I had no idea. <laughs> and it just brought my mind into, like, a firework because I was like, oh, my God, a professor is deaf and teaching? Like, this is yeah. so crazy. And that's when I knew that, you know, I can still achieve these goals. And, yes. and it, was, it was very hard. And, you know, I, I'm... I'm honestly was like I didn't know what to expect to be honest in university, but I actually never let anybody to stop me from continue on what I want to do in my life. That is fantastic and definitely that is brilliant to actually be able to see someone that is teaching a professor and it does, it gives you encouragement. Of course it does. It does. Do your friends and family understand the challenges you may face as a person with a disability? That's a really good question. Um, yes and no. Um, mm -hmm. Again, it's really on what the case scenario is. Um, 
you know, they know it's very frustrating for me, especially if I have to go into public or I have to talk to someone on the phone. Um, but my family, again, it, again, it's learning still, even though I am 25 years old, they're still learning. It's still a learning progress for everybody in the family. Um, but again, I, I wouldn't trade my family for anything else, to be honest, because they're very supportive and they're very open-minded person to make sure that I am achieving the goals I need. Uh, my mom understands the most, I would say, just because she's my mother. Um, she yes. knows. So my mom definitely is the number one, and plus my grandma, who however passed away uh, three years ago. Mm-hmm. But she, my grandma and my mom are definitely the top two that was like, okay, Kanina needs this, Kanina needs that. So, yeah. Well, that's beautiful. It must be a unique experience living in two different worlds. Do each of them have their challenges? Yes, each do have challenges. Um, the deaf community is very small but big. And I didn't know what I was putting myself into because I actually stopped attending the deaf school when I was in grade three. So it was very hard for me to go put myself back in there because I didn't know ASL. And it was it was very mm-hmm. difficult to challenge, very difficult to communicate with someone that is mute and that only rely on ASL and lip reading as well. So that is my challenge in the deaf community. But however, I am picking up my ASL again, thank goodness. And secondly, the hand community, the challenge is I would say ignorant people who are not aware about my disability, right? There are people that just mm-hmm. don't know how to communicate, don't know how to talk to me. And, you know, there are people who are ignorant in terms of asking me weird questions, like, can you drive? Or how do you listen to music? Or, like, it's, it's like, I understand when I'm educated about it, especially in the hand community, there's no class that offers disability classes. We never learned ASL. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I knew what ASL was when I was younger. But then when I got older, I'm like, wait, that was the language I was speaking. I didn't even know that. But again, there was so many stock of education and the education system. I know you're a very passionate advocate for people with disabilities to be heard and improve their mental health. Is this one of the biggest challenges they face? Yes. Their mental health? Yes, mental health is definitely something that a lot of disability community don't really talk about on. And it's just because, again, we are carrying so many things on our shoulder. There's so many things that we have to do. Right, and sometimes we don't realize that we are stressed out because there's so many things that we have to do. For example, I got really stressed out because my hearing aid was actually not working on Monday, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, my hearing aid wasn't working." I didn't know, and I didn't know, and I had a cute headache, and I was like, "Why am I having a headache?" But then I realized that it was frustration, like waiting, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, my hearing needs to get fixed." Like, and the, and the thing is, with mental health and disability, there's always unexpected things happening to us. And we don't know how to mm-hmm. handle stress because we never really taught about stress, how to handle, especially if equipment is not working. How do we go about it, especially if our mental health? It must be really important to have the deaf community support. Do you find you go along to support groups? Um, yes, I do. Um, I did. Um, they- back but now that I'm getting older I surely understanding meeting different people so I mean I take time mm-hmm. to find the right people to be in the community because every community is different so I'm still learning and getting them to the group that I'm looking for. How can people help with the hard of hearing and the deaf 
communicate like for example if i was want to be more aware how would i go about that I would definitely say the first thing was just social media. I always talk about social media because everybody's on social media now. I would say please be aware of closed caption. Very important to have closed caption. Um, just because not just for people who are hard of hearing, but for those who have to turn on the volume, for those who are trying to follow up. There's so many ways and good reasons to have closed caption. As like in a few are interaction with someone face to face who are deaf or hard of hearing, you would be kindly face them. Make sure your lips are moving, not crazy dramatically open your mouth, but just make sure your mouth, your lips are moving. Uh, just make sure you don't cover, especially COVID now, right? The max. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people, uh, I even myself have difficult time, especially hearing someone that's wearing a mask. So if you are someone who don't feel comfortable taking off your mask, I highly recommend you take out your notes on your cell phone. I know everybody has notes on their phone and, you know, type in what you're trying to say and show to the person. Or even have like a, a sticky note in your car and a pen so that way you can communicate with them and just write it down if you don't feel comfortable having your phone with you. And three, I would say always volunteer your time in a, any disability community event, foundation, or, you know, volunteering your time would definitely be really beneficial because you will learn even a lot more about different disability. That's absolutely fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with us because I'm sure we, you know, we take it for granted in the COVID situation, the pandemic, we had masks on and how difficult that must have been for yourselves. I can truly appreciate that. Is there certain ways to communicate that is better? Um, that's a good question. I always tell people that a lot, 90, I would say 80% of someone who is deaf or hard of hearing rely on lips. So always face them so that they can do your lips. So it's very important. So I would say that's the number one key for communicating. What help is out there for anyone that wants to get involved with helping the deaf community? I know you've just said volunteering. Is there anything else you can recommend? I, I would recommend uh, definitely get ASL certificate, BSL certificate, even learning about ASL. You can definitely use that on your own time. Um, that would definitely help because you never know who you're going to come across you, right? And as well, join a lot of Facebook groups. I know there's a lot of Facebook groups for uh, deaf community, disability community, and as well, um, as well, even like supporting people who are deaf who own businesses, support them. And now there's a very few deaf businesses. A lot of people come back, you know, Kalina, I would love to support um, deaf businesses. Like, do you know any? And I said, oh my God, yeah, I know so many. Here, 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 here. So um, definitely, definitely, definitely support deaf businesses. Thank you. That's actually great advice. You are the author of the book, Every Day I Am Just Deaf, Life in a Hearing World with Deaf Queen Boss. What inspired you to write your book? Um, Very simple question. Have you ever read a book by a deaf person? No. There you go. That's the only reason that inspired me to write a book is because a lot of hearing people that I meet never read a book by a deaf person. And it's very unfortunate. And I always tell my, I always wanted to write a book about my deaf experience because um, even my family themselves, they never read a, read a book by a deaf person. And I was like, really? And, they're like, and then that's when they said, Kalina, maybe you can be the next one for us. And I'm like, okay, sure. And um, it literally only took me two months writing the book. 
and stuck in my bucket mixed with poetry and biography, so only 95 pages. Not too long, not too short, because I know a lot mm-hmm. of people don't like reading books, so I just wanted to make it really brief and short for a lot of people. That's fantastic. I'll have to have a look at that. What resources do you recommend, daily tips, to anyone that wants to have better communication with their friends and family that are deaf? I know we've talked about it a lot uh-uh. in this conversation. I would say the top resource and tip is definitely... It depends who you are. If you are if you are a parent, um, definitely talk to your child. Talk to your child what helps and what does not help. To always talk to audiologists. Audiologists are your number one resources person that you can go to, especially understanding your hearing aids and especially those who have someone that are deaf in the family. It's very, very important to communicate with the audiologist because they're the, your number one resources and tips they can actually help you. Where can the listeners find your book online? What's your website? So everybody can find my book on Amazon, which everybody goes. And second, I would say um, my website is cleanerempowerment.com. Thank you for sharing your courageous, inspirational journey with us today, Kalina. It really has helped so many people by doing so. And I know it's helped me understand Kalina Powell. Thank you for having me today. just want to say if you are someone listening, I just want to say that don't be afraid to get yourself out there because you never know who needs your voice. And believe me when I say, when you use that voice, you're going to impact someone else's life. Kalina, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I have learned so much and I know you're going to do so well. You are so inspirational. It's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My last question to you is, I ask all my guests, what is your definition of courage? Um, I would say my definition of courage is not being afraid of your fear. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Create the Courage to be Fearless with Anita Matu. I'd love you to let me know what your thoughts of today's episode and what your key takeaways are. So do leave a comment below. It's all about sharing. So if you have enjoyed the content, give me a like and share it far and wide. Post it over on Instagram stories and tag the link wherever you are listening to this episode. Post it on social media, share it with your friends and don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps the show reach more people and together we impact more lives. Thank you and until next time, goodbye for now.